Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golick. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., and Jesse Cofield holding it down for us, as always, in the DraftKings studios in Boston. We're brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order using promo code GOJO15. Got a great show for you guys. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating, and check us out live Monday through Friday. 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on the DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, Roku, and more. Great one coming up for you today. Jeff Brom, the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals, going to stop by en route to their ACC championship matchup against Florida State. Talk to him about a phenomenal year one back at his alma mater. We've also got Marcus Williams, Baltimore Ravens safety, tapping in on one of the coolest defenses in the NFL uh, uh, as we get towards really the end and home stretch of the season but it is wednesday 
and that means one thing around these parts. Fly the flag, put the graphic up. Our friend Charlotte Wilder, co-host of Oddball with Amin El Hassan, joining us now on the show. Charlotte, what's going on, bud? Hey, I that graphic gets like, I swear, cooler and cooler every week. Um, thrilled to be here with you all. How's everybody doing? Oh, we're doing well. Just really quickly want to know how was your Thanksgiving holiday? How did that weekend go? Everything good? Oh, phenomenal. I also will say the Sunday scaries after Thanksgiving, <laughs> all time, all time bad, like really bad. So I'm True. thrilled to be here with you guys this week. I'm down in Miami to do some stuff with the Levitard crew, and um, that's making it a little bit better. Better. It's like, oh, okay, I I have something to do. Here we go. But no, it was wonderful. Um, ate a, I ate a lot. And that's just, I think that's important. You know, I don't think people are always like, you know, be kind to yourself if you eat a lot on Thanksgiving because we live in this stupid diet culture world. But I think it's actually like, it's important to eat a lot on Thanksgiving if you are able and enjoy to. It's an important thing. So um, I really enjoyed myself, guys. <laughs> that's very true because I was, I was with my family on Thanksgiving and I was thoroughly miserable for the rest of the day after the meal. And I remember at one point, like limping over to the bathroom and I'm like, you did it. You did it right this year. It's supposed to hurt if you do it right. And we got to that point. Charlotte, I do want to ask you because we kind of made the brave leap. Everyone always slanders turkey going into Thanksgiving. We just didn't have one this year. Did you guys still right. go with the bird? Oh, wow. You know, a few years ago. So yeah. my, my cousin and my uncle, they own a cheese shop cheese shop of salem in massachusetts if you live there go check it out i also might be losing my voice who's to say um so <laughs> they really do it up which is great because then i you know all of us just get to enjoy it but during the pandemic when we were um not with them i was like i'm not i'm not tackling a turkey so we did two roast chickens which was great but i actually actually like turkey i actually think it's sort of a fun thing to have um the i mean when else do you get to pretend you're at medieval times is all i'm saying so yeah that's just in that the layer yeah yeah, yeah i get in it in that but, sense but i do to, enjoy it to the other part of that to mike's part i think in our family turkey is like and we've talked about this like sixth on the list so our thought is why waste our time you know because it's involved you know to to, to make oh, yeah. the turkey the thong and the stuffing inside and blah blah everything like that but if it's not high on our food Thawing. list we'll figure why waste our time let's put our effort into something we're really going to like yeah i respect that i as always you guys are innovating we're trying to innovate right now charlotte trying to battle through a little bit of lost voice and charlotte i'd imagine it's because you were mainlining heat culture last night did i see you yes. and amin al hassan were at the heat bucks in season tournament game i i need the full scoop charlotte take us inside this because we've been talking for a while on this show about how we think especially you and i the in-season tournament is working and last mm -hmm. night milwaukee and miami looked like playoff basketball you were there how did it feel in the building Oh, it felt like playoff basketball. Like I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear Amin next to me. I kept being like, what? Which I guess I do anyway. So maybe that's not a fair, uh, you know, assessment. But um, no, it was electric in there. And the funny part, guys, that I liked so much about this was uh, he couldn't make the in-season tournament. Like they were cooked already. This was simply 
everybody in Miami getting into the fact that they had the chance to prevent the Bucks from getting there. The Bucks with Damian Lillard, who was supposed to come to Miami, who wanted to, who didn't. Um, afterwards, I saw oh, Damon yeah. and Bam hugging, and, and Bam said something into his ear, and I was like, he's probably saying, like, there's still time, it's still possible. Um, but no, it was it was. I still love you. Yeah, like there's a chance. Um, it was so it was so cool, and I think you don't have to look any further than the Celtics playing the Bulls last night, destroying them, and then hacking uh, Andre Drummond at the end to because yeah. they needed the point differential, even though they were up by what thirty twenty seven. And you can see Joe Mazzulla yep. saying to Billy Donovan, like, no, we have to, we need the points. And that the players got that into it to go along with that plan and do it to try to get as many points to actually get into this thing, I think is a huge testament to, to the fact that this actually might be working. So I, I will say I w- was questioning big time what the players didn't even understand it. I have grown to enjoy this. And I think part of it, is the players started to understand a little more. It doesn't mean they like it. They, they, a lot of them talked about they didn't like the whole point differential thing. And you see that in soccer at the World Cup, the, the goal differential uh, for ties and who moves on. So I think it's just that the players aren't used to that. You know, if you win by one, you win. It doesn't matter if you win by one or by 30. Now all of a sudden you're told we got to win by 13 or we got to win by 20 or this team has to lose by so much. That's not in the DNA of that sport. So I think that caught some players off guard. Uh, I, think, I think it was one of the coaches said, you know, it, it, it got its intended purpose across, not knowing if they really loved it. But I think players started to understand this a little bit more. And you're getting toward the end. So it's like the fourth quarter when the Pro Bowl used to be the Pro Bowl. It starts to get competitive because A, you win, and B, there's money on the line. And remember, there's 500 uh, grand a, per, a, per, a person, a player, for the winners here. So I've grown to like it a little more, and I think the players understand it now a little more. Not not fully like it because I don't know if you can do anything different, Charlotte. You need a, you need something as a tiebreaker. So, like I said, in soccer, well, it's point differential, so I don't know if you can do anything different. The thought process, I think, is when the league expands, now all of a sudden you wouldn't need group play. It would just be single elimination all the way through if you've got an even 32 teams. I think that's what they've run into is my understanding right now. So that could kind of change that up. And this is sort of, hey, we got to introduce the concept right now and get it going. But Charlotte, Charlotte, would you want that? I mean, I like the group play if they expand and go, because right now you're in the knockout round. So, uh, you know, for, for the quarters of what we have left, if they expand and go just to an, a single elimination, would you like that? Or would you like kind of the group play? I know we're only I a year of, in, but. I so, I'm sort of liking the group play because of how confusing it is and how <laughs> you could have, like, depending on whether the Knicks absolutely destroyed the Hornets or not, like they could be going to Vegas or they could not be going to Vegas as the game's going on. I think there's something really fun about um, the sort of chaotic math of it all, which, to be honest, I don't fully understand, um, except that I do love that, you know, going into last night, the Celtics, for example, were at zero. Their point differential was just zero. And then they beat the Bulls, and all of a sudden it was 27. It's like, so you're saying there's a chance? Like, I, I think that the the point differential, first of all, NBA players are so competitive that if you tell them, hey, you have a chance to win $500,000, like, 
they'll they bet on any the you know they'll yeah. do friendly wagers with each other on anything like i think that that actually is incentive but then if you're like you guys not only have to win you have to win by 40 it's like okay well, try me um and i think that in that sense it's working i think whatever form it ends up taking it's still a really fun added element to the season that that it it makes it feel electric in a way and who's to say like with tv ratings for example if you want to use that as a metric you can't actually yeah. tell whether like if a game was pistons pacers last year and now that time slot is celtics thunder that's obviously going to be a, a higher percentage of viewers are going to tune in so so does the in-season tournament boost that more you might never know because you can't go back and then play that game without the in-season tournament but i do think that it is providing a little bit of a boost at least in the way yeah. we talk about it and you're gonna have you're gonna end up with this spectacle in vegas that who's not going to tune into that so i in that sense i think the fact that it's going holding its own more against um you know the back half of the nfl season is pretty impressive I agree. And, Mike, it's interesting to me, sometimes strategy. Did you hear Steve Kerr? They needed to win by 13. And what a game that was. They were up by 24 and lose. Malik Monk goes nuts at the end. 21 off the bench hits the game winner. But regardless, they had to win by 13. And he was like, you know, so if we're down or if we're up two as time's running out, do we let them score a bucket to go to overtime so we can try and beat them by 13? I mean, it's pretty wild some of the scenarios that all of a sudden coaches and players had to think of. That's boy math right there taking place yeah. in the NBA in-season tournament. And it, Charlotte is absolutely right in that it's going to be – and for the NBA, the goal of this, I think, was – to bring excitement to the middle of the season because they do need to fatten TV numbers because Adam Silver and company are focused on how much they can sell to league partners when it comes to the next television deal. I do think that's top of mind for them in this, but just in the general health of the league, we had been searching for things to make the regular season more palatable. And what already seems to have formed around this is some semblance of meanings. And whether it's, and I think it's all of it. I think it's being reinforced with the courts. I think it's the teams being hyper aware of these situations. It feels different because everyone involved, and we talked about this at the beginning, the buy-in of the networks to flash graphics, which were all over the screen last night. It felt like March Madness where you had the little score bugs for pretty much every game and all these group stages popped on there and they're talking about this there's this hyper fixation on it and all of a sudden you're starting to go in year one we've managed to make this feel like a thing to create meaning out of nothing and that's kind of sports in general but I think that's really difficult and something I wasn't sure Adam Silver and company were going to be able to pull off with this in the same way their European soccer counterparts have been able to do for years with history on their side so it's been pretty incredible to watch that it was pretty I mean that was a game last night Charlotte where the heat were down Tyler Hero they were down Jimmy Butler in that game and so the normal thing that we've talked about in this which is the NBA trying to war against resting its stars and the things that have kept big time players off the court for prominent TV matchups were offset which alone I mean impressive for the whole heat culture idea that Bam Adebayo and the crew there were able to go up there against a fully loaded Milwaukee Bucks squad and take them all the way down to the wire. Oh, totally. And and I think that that's part of what the tournament was hoping to inspire, a little extra oomph, you know, when it comes to you've got to play without some guys. I also think that we've seen a lot of stars. I mean, 
unless they're suspended for choking out Rudy Gobert, um, you know, show up uh, and, and be in these games. I also will say something that was very interesting to me is the in-season tournament, the in-season tournament. That would be a cornhole <laughs> tournament. Um, yeah. The in-season tournament courts, which looks so crazy on TV and were sort of, it felt like they were playing on a green screen at first. In person, it looked pretty cool. Like the Heat have a very red court. And before the game, I was like, this is a very red court. We'll see how this goes. And then watching it, it, it sort of faded. It faded away a little bit and wasn't so uh, wasn't the only thing I was thinking about. So I and I do think it makes it feel a little different and special. You're like, well, you know, humans are so simple. We're like, there's a different court. There must be something going on. And then it sort of carries you over. So I I I hate to admit that I'm just sort of I don't hate to admit it. It's cool to like things. I'm very into this. I'm very into this. I really like this. Yeah. Yeah, and and for those for those that are are casual fans and wondering, we're in the quarters. It's Boston at Indy and New Orleans at Sacramento on one side, and the Knicks at Milwaukee and Phoenix at the Lakers on the other side. Semis are December seventh, and finals are December 9th. And where are the finals again? Vegas. Yeah. So that that was I. It was I should have just. I said was like, it. is I, this a joke? Are you setting me up for a bit? No. I, I mean, I so, couldn't tell so if it was rhetorical or not. You sold no, no, it no. really well. So here, so and here's why I say that. It wasn't long ago that Vegas had to to sports had the Wakanda force field around it. Right. It wouldn't let sports in. It was like taboo. You know, you couldn't don't enter here because bad things will happen. Now you can't get enough sports. In, in Vegas and to pro teams going there. Now I got a baseball team going there. You have all kind of events there. The Super Bowl this year, the draft was there. You have the finals and semis of this tournament here. I mean, Vegas has become a great sports town. And, I'm, and I, I guess we, we've talked about this for a while, Mike, but I'm just happy to see that most people, because I'm sure there's still some, most people are past this taboo of Vegas and gambling and, and casinos that are going to ruin professional sports when it's done nothing but enhance it. I mean, listen, the biggest gambling scandals we've had in the world of sports were in the state of Iowa, for God's sake. Yeah. Like, it can happen anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't need to be in Las Vegas for a bunch of people to get popped for gambling on sports. So, yeah, it's, you know what it is? And, and, like, calling it a sports town, I'm not even sure because I understand there's a robust local population there. I don't know how much of that actually comprises the people you see. But it's a great event town, right? Like, we've talked about it before. Yeah. The Super Bowl and a lot of these big-time events should really rotate between, like, three or four cities, if we're all being honest, with who hosts big parties very well. I understand a lot of teams and a lot of cities spend time and resources trying to attract these committees because it does a lot for the local economy. You want to get these events in your place but realistically it should be like new orleans uh los and probably not even los angeles like new no, orleans no, 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 las no. vegas and a couple of other cities that are actually built to do this and so vegas is a great event city it understands how to do things big it renders well on screen and it can accommodate a ton of people coming into town the way it's going to have to for the super bowl upcoming here to make a big event feel big and charlotte i think that's always what you're looking for is at the end of this now, it's going to feel big because, again, another simple human brain thing is, oh, Las Vegas, something important's happened there. It's big. It's bright. It's fun. It's the NBA in-season tournament. Totally. And and something I was thinking about last night as I was watching the game that was very funny is I was like, so they're just going, if you think about it in plain terms, four teams are going to go play regular season games in Las Vegas 
And then there's an extra one to win $500,000. Like there's something very funny to me about, oh, you know, these are just actually, these are regular seasons. Yeah, sure, they're the in-season tournament. They also sort of count towards your record in a way that you would need anything to in a season where this wasn't happening. And so I think that the 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 gold of it all, the gilding of it all is an apt metaphor for what the league is doing. They're sort of with the in-season tournament I think they are trying to Las Vegify the league a little bit with, um, with you know, gilding the lily, you could say. But but I also think that the thing about Las Vegas that works is when you go there, you can know, hey, this is a this is a crazy place where you know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. This isn't real life, but you love it. And once you enter that space, you you are all in. And I think that the NBA has actually done a pretty good job of making us believe in something the way you have to believe in something when you go to Vegas and you sit down at one of those slot machines. So it, it's actually pretty I, impressive. And I think Vegas is a perfect place to to end this beautiful journey and, we've all been on. And here. I will and I will tell you the perfect ending that they need. So what do we have? Twelve on the bench or fifteen on a team, the roster, let's just say fifteen. So half a mil per player is seven and a half million dollars cash. Do it like the poker. Bring the cash at the beginning of the game yep. and put it right at, by the scoreboard there, or right by the the, the mid court. Seven and a half million in cash. This is what you guys are playing for. That would be awesome. You know what the league really needs. The, the league really needs the Knicks to win the in-season tournament because Knicks fans are so starved for anything. They would be so psyched to win the in-season tournament. Oh. And from then on, it would mean a lot to the city of New York, which is the major market, one of, but, you know, the garden. Uh, and then you would have a group of evangelists for the in-season tournament in the place you need the most, in the place that is starved for the most wins. So I think that... That could, that, I think that's a dream scenario for the league if the New York Knicks win the in-season tournament. So it ju- it just it just popped into my brain as I'm sitting here imagining even a more dystopian version of what Dad described, which is like Squid Game, where you put the money hovering yes. above the court <laughs> at all times in a giant orb above their heads. But the funniest part about all this is Charlotte making me realize somebody's going to hang a banner off this and it's instantly going to become the funniest, (laughs) most meme-worthy thing in sports. And what would be better than Madison Square Garden hanging an in-season tournament championship banner? All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. 
Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Louisville suffered a tough loss this past weekend to Kentucky. Now they turn their attention to the ACC championship this Saturday against Florida State in hopes of ending the Seminoles' playoff dream. So the man tasked with taking them down joins the guys right now. Yeah, very excited to talk to Louisville head football coach Jeff Brom, who joins us now. And uh, coach, good morning. And first off, uh, congratulations on an incredible first season back in Louisville. How has this felt getting back here now, a place you played, a place you've coached before, but being in the chair as the head guy now going through all this? Well, it's uh, it's been a good run to this point. I think that, uh, you know, you came in here wanting to win. And, uh, you know, I'm from here. I have so many ties that, uh, you know, I feel the pressure. I know these fans want to see wins and victories and competing at the highest level and the team playing hard. So we try to give it to them that give it to them this year. I think our guys have played hard all year. We've had a chance in every game, won some close games, lost a couple close games due to some turnovers and and not playing as efficient as we we want but uh you know we've done a good job to this point and we've earned uh this opportunity to play a great football team that's undefeated and deservedly so so i think our guys will be jacked up and ready and uh, we just got to go down there and try to play the best game we possibly can yep you played really efficient against um, mike and mine's alma mater so we weren't real happy about that when you beat notre dame but it was a a great win for you guys but Interesting, you know, difference of NFL college. You're dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds. How was, even before the Kentucky game, you guys knew you were playing in the ACC championship game. How do you discuss that with players before a big rivalry game, you know, kind of two steps ahead, knowing you're in another game after that, a title game? Well, we definitely put a lot of emphasis on Kentucky. Uh, I mean, I think we were prepared. Uh, We worked really hard. We hadn't Louisville hasn't beat Kentucky in a while in football, so we wanted to find a way to win that game. And unfortunately, you know, we we had three turnovers. It wasn't our best game on defense. I'll give Kentucky credit. They came in and beat us. So, you know, we've got to improve and get better. And uh, luckily, we have another opportunity. Uh, Now it's against a great opponent that is very talented and well-coached. But to play in a championship game of this magnitude for our guys is great for our team. It's tremendous for our program. I think our fans will be jacked up. And it's just something that, um, if we can find a way to win, it's a huge, huge plus uh, for our team. And uh, we know we have our hands full, but you know that's why you play the game. The Florida State team you're going up against, the center of so much conversation in the college football world right now because of some of the playoff implications, because they've got their backup quarterback and Tate Rodemaker in right now. When you look at this Seminoles team as you guys scout and prepare and get into the game plan this week, what stands out to you the most about them? Well, I think they're a very talented football team. They're well coached. Uh, to be able to play good football with your starter and your backup coming in, that means uh, you know you've got some talent across the board. And I think they've earned the right. Uh, you know, if they uh, win this football game without question, they should be in the in the in the playoff. I mean, they've earned it. Uh, a lot of other teams have played close football games. These guys find a way to win. Um, they've done it with uh, multiple people on the field. They're talented on defense. They've got really good running backs. They got receivers that are big and long and as good as in in the country. So this is a talented football team. And, uh, you know, the first game of the year, they they won convincingly against LSU. I mean, they've had some really good wins. So, you know, from my standpoint, I think it's an outstanding football team. And, uh, you know, now for us, we, we got to go in and try to find a way to win. And I just think, you know, our guys should be jacked up uh, to play a team of this caliber, to be able to get on the field and uh, this type of magnitude of a game and see what you're made of will really test and see exactly where we're at.
It's interesting. A year from now, you, you're sitting at 14 in the college football rankings. You'd actually be playing this game to try and get into the playoffs with the top 12. Unfortunately, no two-loss team has ever gotten in the Final Four. So it is spoiler here. And while you're preparing for an excellent team in Florida State, is that the mentality your players have is this is all about spoiling their chance to get into the, the Final Four? Well, I think our guys should know that the pressure's on them. They need to win the football game to probably get where they want to go. And for us, um, you know, we just want to win the game and, and find a way to, to do something special. So, um, you know, we need to be aggressive in our approach. We need to just kind of cut it loose. We need to have a great week of practice. But I want our guys to enjoy, uh, you know, this week as well, to be able to advance to this type of caliber game, to be able to play on the national stage and, and, and show people what you're made of and, be able to do it and focus in for four quarters is a challenge, but I think our guys should be jacked up and this is a great opportunity and couldn't ask for anything more before the season than this right here in this championship game. So I think we're looking forward to getting down there. Coach, going back to before the season, I mean, this is year one and you guys are playing in the ACC championship game. You've had a phenomenal regular season. What's allowed you and this team to be so successful so early in your time back at Louisville? Well, it's probably a combination of a lot of things. I think that, uh, you know, I've been coaching for a while, came from the Big Ten. We found a way to take took Purdue to the Big Ten championship game, and that's 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 a lot of hard work. And I just think you learn from your mistakes along the way. You figure out ways to motivate your young men and gel them together and provide an environment where they love competing. They love uh, going out there every week and challenging themselves to play their best game ever, no matter what happened the week before, being able to come back from a loss, being able to respond to a win. Those are all challenges you have. And you just have to kind of approach it in a way that, you know, our guys understand every week is a new opportunity. It's a new challenge. And whether you win or lose the week before, you got to do it again. And sometimes when you win, the pressure goes up even higher. So you got to work even harder. And that's the hard part is making sure guys understand that being hungry and really wanting to excel and be great is a weekly challenge. It's a daily challenge. And if you don't do those small things, in, in competitive football, you're not going to win. So I think our guys um, have enjoyed the competition. Um, we'd love to have a couple games back, but at the same time, we've won a lot of close games too that uh, I'm sure the other team would like to have, have back. So it's just that's competitive college football, and you just have to find a way to win the close games, um, You know, pay attention to the details, uh, be good at turnovers, and play great defense. Coach, you mentioned learning from – parts of your past as a coach here what is one thing coming into this job you knew you wanted to do specifically because you've seen a different version of it in the past from yourself well i think that uh you know the strategy for winning changes every year slightly you got to base it on the talents of your team you know this year we've become a little bit more of a, a running attack that uh, has controlled the football and played complementary football because our defense fortunately has been really good early on we've, we've kind of taken a step back here the last three weeks but we've been really good early on we've leaned on that we were pretty solid on special teams we just kind of tied it all together we found a way to win some close games now when that starts to um, matriculate in the, in the wrong direction you got to pick some things up and play a little more aggressive so we've got some work to do we haven't been as solid as I, i'd like to the last couple of weeks uh, we need to shore up some things on defense. We need to be more solid in special teams, and we need to not turn the ball on offense. I think if we can do those three things, we can have a chance in this football game. 
Coach, uh, we only got about a minute left. About you, coming out of high school, people may not know, you got drafted in the seventh round in Major League Baseball. You didn't go in that draft. You went in a year of college at Louisville, and then you went back in the draft and went in the fourth round uh, for baseball and played both for a while. Any thought looking back to, and wondering if you would have just stuck to baseball, how that may have ah. gone? Well, I wasn't very smart back then. If I had it up to do it over again, I would probably play baseball. I didn't know, you know, <laughs> you made that much money. You never got hit. You play a long time. Um, you know, back then, you know, growing up, you just loved football and you loved competing and the aspect. And to me, baseball was kind of a boring game. You know, just like, my gosh, this is, you know, you get up a couple of times a bat. You might get a ball or two every game. But I didn't really realize you could make a whole lot of money and play a long time. Uh, but uh, fortunately, it's worked out where I've been able to stay in football but I love sports and, uh, you know, I love watching sports, competitive sports and all aspects. Uh, I enjoyed competing at a young age, never wanted to coach when I was a player. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to coach. I want to play. But uh, now that that's over and you realize, you know what, you need to move on. It's great to be around young people and to give back to them and to be in a competitive atmosphere. Uh, but, uh, you know, I respect uh, great baseball players because that's a hard game to play. Yep. Well, I think uh, plenty of Louisville fans very happy that you uh, chose to stick with football because it's wound up with where you guys are at now. Great season uh, here in year one at the helm and an ACC championship potentially coming up this weekend. Coach, we appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck with the preparation the rest of this week. We're all excited to watch you cut it loose. Okay, thanks, guys. You guys do a great job. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. It's, How uh, great would it be to have it's that one option? Of the added factors to oh, God. Oh, to be, to, uh, but he's right about baseball, in all honesty. I mean, you know, even when I coached you guys, I was real happy when you guys picked up the lacrosse sticks and put the baseball bats down. The game just moves a little bit slow, but he's right. The money you can make. <laughs> I was going to say, real lack of foresight. Your other sport besides football was wrestling, which has a robust pro <laughs> option at, uh, available to it. Not, And then I was playing lacrosse in middle school. We really thought this one through. <laughs> Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. We have a question that is on our minds. It is burning up the internet. Should we be concerned about Mark Cuban? Okay, mm. a lot of stuff, a lot of news coming out about Mark Cuban that has us all wondering what's going on. So news broke yesterday that he is selling his majority stake in the Mavericks. Deal is reportedly worth 3.5 billion. Cuban's gonna remain governor of the franchise in control of all basketball decisions. And then on the heels of that news, we find out that he will be leaving Shark Tank after its 16th season. So, I mean, we don't know what's going on with Mark Cuban, but we do know that because of this news, we're gonna do something called Take Tank. So welcome, Sharks. Um, now Gojo <laughs> is going to give us some takes and we're all going to decide if we want to buy in, invest in these takes. And I know some of these have really been marinating for a while, Gojo. Yeah, been really sitting on these big brain stuff over on this side. By the way, the first take of all this, we're all really worried Mark Cuban's going to run for president, right? That's that would Charlotte, that's kind of what this feels like. That's the worry for a lot of people. Uh, okay, well, I just looked up how old he was, and I was like, oh, he's 65, maybe he just wants to retire. 
But that's the most terrifying thing. I've uh, why do billionaires need to stop running for president? Guys, I'm so sick of billionaires. I'm so over billionaires. This is what you shouldn't be a billionaire. Give away enough of your money to not be a billionaire anymore. Anyway, okay. I um, will say, you were saying like he said in July he's not running for president, and he said that his family would disown him if he ran for president. Wow, saying you're not that? running for president yeah. sounds a lot like something someone who's running for president would say. That's fair. It's, it's, it's like it's like the yeah. owner vote of confidence to the coach. Uh, the coach is safe, and then the, all of a sudden the coach is fired. Charlotte, I will say that someday if I ever become a billionaire, which I'd like to, I will try and be one that you would like. A magnanimous Yeah, if you give me money, if you give me money, I'll like it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Mark Cuban hasn't given me any money. It's a very simple stuff. formula. Well, have you asked Charlotte? I All mean, right. no, that's a good point, Jesse. I haven't. <laughs> hey, you know what? You can't win if you don't play, which is why we're going to do Takes Tank here in honor of Mark Cuban uh, leaving the Shark Tank. I saw, I think he had invested like over $200 million over the course of Shark Tank in a number of different businesses. So I'm going to try and sell you guys on a couple of ideas I've had here couple of takes that I want to get off my chest and I want to come out the gate with one that I've been thinking and I'm never sure because I haven't seen it in real life but just from what I've seen on screen first take Victor Wembanyama's slow like it bothers me he looks like he's moving in slow motion out there every time that I watch him play he's so large when you compare him to even the other seven foot tangent counterparts that operate on the perimeter he seems slow I feel like I can't get it out of my brain Charlotte would you like to invest in the early uh, in the early take that Victor Weminyama this unrelievable athlete is actually slow so first of all that's very funny because I too have noticed that but I haven't clocked it like I have I've been like he looks he it looks like he's having a hard time running sometimes. I'm like it's like in a dream when you just can't quite get there. But I didn't I didn't really put it into yes. the words of like, oh, he's slow. I the the one the one thing I will say is his being slow is like one of his steps is so many more steps than other people's steps that I don't know if I can fully subscribe to his being slow because his height I think makes up for some of that. But yeah, it 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 looks like he's running through molasses sometimes, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does, Mike. I will I will invest in that. He looks slow. It is tough to tell if he really is slow. But understand, at seven four, you're going to have bigger strides. So it's going to take you a little while to hit full speed. And the thing at ninety feet for a court. By the time he's probably going to hit full speed, he's at the other end because it takes him four steps to get from one end to the other. So, in fact, it makes him look slow, and he probably is because he doesn't almost have enough time to get up to full speed. Maybe he'll work with a, more of a speed person to get shorter steps to start out to get at full speed quicker. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but, Mike, I'll invest in that. I will not be investing because... Thank you guys for buying in on he, this. I, no, I Char won't. Or wait, Jesse, are you going to invest? Yeah, no, no, I won't be. He's still faster than me, so... Will not be, will not be investing. Is your metric, Jesse, is your metric, is a professional athlete slow if they're slower than you are? Well, uh, I think that what we, we did not define... I'm not saying you're not fast. I, we did not define what slow is. Is he slow for mm -hmm. basketball? Is he slow for a professional athlete? Is he slow for a seven plus foot tall person. So for that reason, this take is not is not fleshed <laughs> out to the level that you would need for me to invest in it. Wow. Wow. What if I what if I gave you 20 like 20 percent stake here? Would that change it? <laughs> you can tweak some of it How a little bit. We want? can tweak the verbiage here. Maybe if <laughs> 
I, listen, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at twenty percent at a five million dollar valuation for this take. And what I'm thinking wow. is, and you can walk with me. What if we tweak the verbiage to say slow for a, a seven plus footer? Would that specificity be something that intrigues you? Yes, it would. Yes. You've changed All right, my mind. There we go. Okay. We like that in. because I do think like when I think of my brain, prime Shaq, early career Shaq, faster than yeah. Wemby. Faster than Wemby Chet and Holmgren, was bigger than Wemby at that than point. Wemby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Faster I'm than Wemby. Hashtag faster than you know what? If you've got someone at Gojo and Golik, hashtag faster than Wemby, let us know on Twitter. Um all right, let me get to this next one here that I want to sell you guys. This is actually the final year of the Golden State Warriors big three. Clay Thompson seems like he's going through it right now, y'all. That man has been getting testy with reporters. I've heard that there's some angst about his future contractually there. He struggled a bit as a player so much so he was asked about Steve Kerr's patience with him in the starting lineup. So Charlotte buying uh, the take that this is actually the last year for Golden State's big three together. You know, it certainly feels like it because of all the stuff with Draymond and then the report coming out that the Warriors think that Andrew Wiggins wasn't in good enough shape heading into the season. And Clay saying, asked, a reporter asked him, like, you know, are you grateful for Steve Kerr's patience? Which is also a pretty funny question. And he said, what, do you want me to bench me? And at the same time, I don't think I'm going to invest in that take. Whoa. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we've lost Charlotte's audio here. Apparently, big NBA media is trying to keep Charlotte from buying in on no, this no. take. Oh, so. she's back. Oh, no, no. there she is. We got oh. her. Do you want to know what I did? I, said, I, pe I pressed the mute button on my microphone when I dropped it. Well so. done. Sorry to everybody. Um, no, Self-sabotage. Sounds saying. like my dating life. <laughs> Oh, oh, uh, oh. Um, I, so I would say yes because of everything that's happening in Golden State. But I think of all teams that this would not be the end for. It's them. I think that these guys are all going to hold on. They're going to white knuckle this uh, for another season. I would guess that would. That's my expert prediction. So sorry, Mike. I will not be investing in your take. Mike, I will invest in your take. Uh, you have a 35 and two 33-year-olds. Again, they have, they have some years left, but at some point these things have to come to an end. Clay right now is averaging, what, a little over 15 points. He hasn't been that low since his rookie year. Last eight years he's averaged 20 or more. Uh, now we'll see if he picks the average up, but uh, all good things come to an end. This was a hell of a run by these guys, and, and, and I agree uh, with you. I, I think it'll be the last year of it. Yeah, I will invest in this because of the age thing. Uh, like Senior said, not old for the earth, but old for professional sports. And I mean, Clay Thompson has really slow back-to-back -back seasons. And now he's out here looking agitated, looking angry. So yeah, I buy in. You're not old for the earth, just like for this club. So, all right, glad to have at least two of the three sharks on board for this. Let's get to the last take here. Rapid fire take, guys. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are getting married. Like, it's oh. going to happen. I want yeah. you guys to invest on the ground floor of this one. Reports that a moving truck spotted in Kansas City moving gear into the house that they're going to apparently share together while Taylor's on a little bit of a break during the tour. So, Charlotte, I see your eyes lighting up right now. How are we feeling, bud? Take all my money, Michael. Take all of my money. Take every penny I have. I'm so in. I'm so in. That's it. Yeah, 100%. Yes, I think Je yeah, 100%. Jesse's in. So I, 
I think this is one of those, Mike, where all the sharks, you get that rarity where all the sharks want to invest. We all look at one another and we say, hey, do you want to get it? Should we get in on this? Let's try and get a higher percentage, but let's all get in on this. I invest in it as well. I, I think it's going to happen. This idea is a unicorn for sure. We're in on it. This is the sponge daddy uh, of finally. Mike's game. Yeah. Yep. Yes. There we go. We're going to ride this all the way to the top, which quite honestly, with this particular story and the news surrounding the two of them, has been the thing that we have ridden to great social media success with clips posted from the show anyway, so very fitting. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, as we close up the take tank here, I'm so disappointed because I didn't get to the take that I wanted to get to with you guys, which is I'm ready to believe in the Dallas Cowboys again. Like, they're getting ready to go into the most pivotal stretch of their season. Everyone was selling off parts after the San Francisco loss. I asked on this show what it would take for me to believe in the Dallas Cowboys again in the regular season, and all it took was Dak Prescott to go out and play like the MVP ever since then. The leader in basically any statistical category Category involved with important quarterback play you got Aaron he's been so good you got Aaron Rodgers to act normal on Pat McAfee and just talk about football for a little bit and boy oh boy was that a beautiful moment and have I sold this all well enough for us to now just move away from this and talk about the golden bachelor like we wanted to I felt like I needed to get everybody in here throw them off their scent our bosses we're talking about hardcore sports stuff here look at the Dallas Cowboys America's team Jimmy Johnson's gonna be in the hall of the ring of honor now the Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs here. And now do you guys want to talk about the fact that uh, Gary was out here getting it on in fantasy suites like that? Actually so, I mean, the, the, the bottom line is, do we want to talk about the Cowboys? Can they overtake Philly in the NFC East or is it going to be Leslie or Teresa? I think that's that's pretty much where we are. Yeah, I mean, Leslie or Teresa is where we should. Right? It's where we should go. So, Charlotte, what do you think? Well, look, here's the thing. I can't predict. I, the Eagles feel to me just sort of an unstoppable force, a truth at this point. Um, however, I think there's another unstoppable force. I think Teresa pulled a real come from behind, uh, you know, what do you call it? A win, but it's not a win yet. What do you call it when it's a win, but it's not a win yet? A, uh, a, a coup? No, an a win, attempted but it's not coup? a win yet. I don't know. She's getting close, guys. An she, coup. <laughs> they, they were, 
there is a beautiful moment. I've watched enough Bachelor to know that when someone like Leslie gets such a favorable edit, they're toast. They're oh, yeah. absolutely toast. And also, so for those who, who might not remember, um, Gary goes on this great date with Leslie. He tells her, you're the one, which bad, Gary, don't yeah, do that. Bad. Um, number mm, one bachelor. No. Gary is very much like whatever's in front of him at the moment. He's just really into. But I think that change. Well, you want to talk about golden retriever, man. Gary is yeah, actually a it. golden, yeah. golden retriever because he sees the person in front of him and is very earnestly dealing with this process, Charlotte. Like, he had a moment going from the first date with Leslie to the second date with Teresa where he was having a hard time doing the reset that his 20-something year old counterparts in this show usually just roll out of bed and do with ease. That, to me, was the biggest sign of, alright, yeah, he's a golden retriever, but he's at least a man with a heart that struggled with this for the appropriate amount of bachelor time which was grieving for the morning on horseback and then figuring it out by the time it was time to have sex. 1,000%. The, the moment that Gary and Teresa were sitting there and he was saying in the confessional, he was like, I need to give her a chance. And then he sits down and, and says, so so what do you do what, uh, for work? I was like, Gary, you have had... You have had at least four years in bachelor time, which is six weeks, to know what this woman does. Who This woman whom you were about to request that she sleep with you, and you're asking her what... And then Teresa, she's like, uh, well, I was a day trader. And then I ran my own financial whatever. You know, I don't speak French, but... And you're just like, oh. You're like, oh, Teresa has her life together in a way that, like, Gary could only dream of. And you see the light switch where it's that... It's that moment where a man realizes like, oh, this woman is for real and also she could take care of me. And also, I want to say one thing that bums me out a little bit about the the way this is being structured is that Leslie keeps saying how insecure she is about how if Gary loves her or not mm -hmm. and that she had failed relationships in the past where she didn't feel safe. And Teresa had this beautiful marriage for you know, decades and it ended. And so she's coming in with the confidence of someone who has been loved safely. And that feels really sort of a bummer to me that that is, is, is sort of the thing that is seeming to determine a lot of what's going on here. So it's, I feel bad for everybody, but I think it's Teresa by a mile. I don't feel bad for anybody. They all went on the show knowing exactly what could happen. So I'm not going to sit there and go, I wow. feel bad for anybody. Wow. Oh, you and monster. Listen, I, I'm of that. I'm I'm of that golden bachelor age group of six. I'm 60 years old. So I actually like this show way more than the regular bachelor where you have all the, you know, the all the drama queens, whether it's bachelorette or bachelor drama kings or drama queens that drive me batty. I don't know if I can ever go back and watch that again. Uh, but a couple of things is, you know, they're going to do a golden bachelorette. Who's it going to be? Every, we all think it should be Joan. Uh, and then I still I still have this Stephen. question. I still have this question. Um, what is it? Leslie's from Minnesota and Teresa's from New Jersey yes. and Gary and Gary is in Indy. These these are people who are set with their families and grandkids and everything. Who's leaving? Who's who's ditching out of what they have where they live? To go yeah. maybe live in Indy with well, Gary Teresa's or Well, Teresa's not Gary leaving New leave? Jersey for it. At least yes, she is. At least Leslie's oh, yes, in the is. Midwest. No, no, no. Teresa, they're going to split time. They're going to do they're going to do part time. And Teresa seems so ready to be like, she's like, yeah, I love my family. I'm cool not seeing them for a few months. Like, right. I don't Maybe know. Maybe they That's should what just all yeah. move to Florida, right? It's like just oh, like no. Florida is next. So it's kind I of mean, just the family comes to is, you. 
This is where, if you're a retirement community out there, you pull oh, the full man. court press on them. Oh. Hey, listen, we got a great spot picked out for you here. All your family, they're going to love coming to visit down here. Ditch your car. Get yourself a nice golf cart. We got restaurants. We got bars. You're going to get to play golf every day. We got all the activities yeah. that you had in Costa Rica. We got that here. And so if I'm them, I'm putting out a billboard. I'm putting ads in the newspaper because you got to go and meet them where they're at. And it's not the internet. And I'm trying to put on the full court press to recruit whoever the winners are. And I think we all think it's going to be Gary and Teresa to come and move to our retirement village. That's say, the way I would go with this. I will say, though, guys, this is disturbing to me a little bit because we're talking about this. And uh, I mean, Leslie's 64. Like, my parents are 65. And they're not anywhere close to like heading to a retirement home. So it is a little scary the way we've lost our minds when we're like, yeah, they better head to their home, you know, like a home, but they're but, not that Jesse, old. Jesse, I'm telling you these places, Chris's mom lives in one out here. It's phenomenal. I mean, it is, it is great with things that you can do. There are so many activities. I go out there and golf with her, you know, a decent amount of time. I, I, I think there's a stigma on, on those retirement places. I think, they're, I think they're really actually pretty, pretty good if you find the right one. What's and the infamous really, really one? Nice ones. The one in Florida that's like... The, the villages. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I don't... I, I, oh, is that, that the one where they were I all passing know. around STDs? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, there you yeah. have it. So they let me ask everybody I this. Just, okay. Let, let, let me ask everybody this. Whoever wins, Jesse, we'll start with you, Leslie or Teresa, do they end up, Gary and whoever, do they end up getting married? Um, yes, I think we'll find out that they're already wed. Isn't this just like a you head to the courthouse thing? Because it's like... You no, 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 no. Because people need the exclusive to their wedding photos and they need it to be potentially filmed. Part Everybody needs to be... They need it for content that we can follow in real time. I you think. want them to put on, I mean, you're not wrong. The content would be incredible. It, it, like the big white dress and like walk down the aisle and do the whole thing. Teresa, Teresa's got like some bridal boutique that her daughters went to or her daughter went to in New Jersey. That's like just waiting for her to call. Yeah. You, I, <laughs> it's like a princess so they get married? Diana looking. Charlotte? Yes. Charlotte, they get 1, married? 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mike? Oh yeah, I absolutely think so. They've they've done it before. Like this isn't this isn't foreign to them. They've done it before. They actually know what it's like to see the ball go through the basket. So yeah, I think they're in. They're not scared. They're not scared. That's the thing about this. Gary and Teresa are not scared. They're like, I'm. Let's do it. So I can't. I'm a little worried though, guys. I have to go to um, the Pacers game. Pacers Heat. I have to. I'm excited to. Um, I'm yeah. going to Pacers Heat. Tyrese Halliburton's tearing it up. Do you think I can like have the Golden Bachelor on my phone in, in the state? Like, yes, I you can. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the shots that I hope Amin Al Hassan will take for the sake of humanity of all of the action going on in the court and then panning over to Charlotte Wilder, who's sitting there <laughs> on her phone, waiting to see which of these older ladies is going to get their heart broken by the Golden Bachelor. That's the content you can look forward to here and on Oddball. Charlotte Wilder and Amin Al Hassan every day, but Monday, check it out. A part of the great lineup of shows here at the DraftKings Network. Charlotte, you're the best. Have fun at the game enjoy taking in that and the golden bachelor all at once thanks bud yeah